They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says, you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all-new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit TakeTheUpside.com to learn more. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, November 7th, 2022. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... Some Ford dealers aren't having it with these new EV mandates. Lucid sues Texas to overturn the state's franchise laws. And two LiDAR suppliers agreed to merge. Plus, tomorrow's election day. We'll hear what the midterms could mean for the auto industry. Total contributions from the automotive industry were upwards of $27 million. So that's a lot of money, you know, to try to influence Capitol Hill. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Dealer associations in at least 13 states say Ford is unfairly burdening its retail network with costly EV sales requirements. They claim the mandates break some franchise laws. Officials in Pennsylvania, Virginia, North Carolina, and other states have written to Ford calling for significant change to one of CEO Jim Farley's signature initiatives. It would require dealers to invest up to $1.2 million on chargers, staff training, and new sales standards to overhaul the retail experience. Dealers can choose to spend half a million instead, but they'd only be allowed to sell no more than 25 EVs a year. Some of the state associations say that kind of cap is illegal. Ford told Automotive News that it's confident the plan is legal and that, quote, overall feedback has been positive. While Ford dealerships say the automaker is breaking franchise laws, Lucid is trying to have franchise laws in Texas thrown out. The luxury EV maker accuses the state's rules of economic protectionism that hurt the company's ability to sell its vehicles there. Lucid says the state is acting anti-competitively and forcing companies to sell their products through established dealerships. The California-based company markets its vehicles online and through a network of Lucid-owned studios. It maintains that its direct sales and in-house after-sales service are so closely tied that using an independent franchise dealer would not be economically viable and would harm the business. Austin-based Tesla faces similar challenges in its home state and is unable to sell directly to Texans. It looks like retail groups are starting to cool on acquisitions. A new survey from Kerrigan Advisors shows that while nearly half of dealers plan to buy one or more dealerships in the next 12 months, only 2% expect to sell in that time frame. More than 600 dealers responded from July to September for the fourth annual survey. Though results trend positive, there are stark differences in expectations compared with last year's survey. For example, in 2021, 77% of dealers said they plan to buy one or more dealerships in the coming year. That's compared with 48% this year. And LiDAR companies Outster and Velodyne plan to merge. Under a new merger agreement, existing Velodyne and Ouster shareholders would each own about 50% of the combined company. They expect the merger to close in the first half of 2023. Ouster CEO Angus Pakala is expected to hold the same position in the new company. Ouster reported revenues of over $11 million at the end of the third quarter. That's an increase of 44% year over year. The company said they expect to save $75 million per year in engineering, manufacturing, and administration costs once the merger is complete, 
They say as of the end of the third quarter, they have a combined cash balance of $355 million. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, we'll hear about what tomorrow's midterm elections might mean for automakers, suppliers, and retailers. That's next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money Podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside digital auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the Upside. It's a -a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses, and it's built on the principles of the country's top-performing wholesale sellers, so your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money, all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit TakeTheUpside.com now to learn more. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. We've seen some big shakeups in the past two years for the auto industry, with Democrats controlling both the White House and both chambers on Capitol Hill. The bipartisan infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act are both shaping the way the industry moves into a new era of electrification. Tomorrow's midterms could mark another turning point in the way the federal government interacts with automakers, suppliers, and retailers. Automotive News Washington, D.C. reporter Audrey LaForest recently broke down the possible implications of the midterms on the industry. I spoke with her about the piece and about possible scenarios that could soon play out. Here's our conversation. Audrey LaForest, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks so much for having me, Jake. Great story previewing the midterms this week. Uh, Talk about what some of the big takeaways are. What should people be watching in this election and be thinking about when it comes to the impact on the auto industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like unlike maybe some of the previous election cycles that we've seen, a lot of the industry and policy experts that I spoke to for the story aren't necessarily anticipating any major disruptions. Uh, if Republicans regain control of one or both chambers in the midterms, mostly just because we've already had major legislation that's been passed. You know, we've seen that with the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act or the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, as it's known as well. Um, And then more recently, the Inflation Reduction Act, which, as many of our readers know, you know, it contains uh, the new EV tax credits and a lot of other incentives for companies that are uh, looking to build a domestic EV supply chain and whatnot. So not necessarily anticipating any big disruptions, but still that's not to say that, you know, there won't be some obstacles in terms of Biden's legislative agenda. I think, you know, if we do see the House or the Senate flip to GOP control, then it's likely that we'll see less 
legislative action and then more congressional oversight, whether that's in the form of you know, congressional hearings and also just making sure I think Republicans will reemphasize what's in some of these major laws that have been passed that Democrats or federal agencies are sticking to the rules, so to speak. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't think about is once a law is passed, that's when the real work begins, right? I mean, that that it's not just, oh, we passed the law, it's done. That's when a lot of processes begin and we see where these how the actual effect of these things. So talk a little bit more about the role of Congress in that with all of the implementation going on, not just for the IRA, but for things like the, uh, you know, the infrastructure bill, all kinds of legislation that's been passed in the last two years. What could uh, change in leadership in on Capitol Hill mean for those kinds of things? Well, I think, you know, as I mentioned, it's just more congressional oversight of those actions. So Republicans are really going to make sure that what's in the law is what's being implemented and that, you know, there's not maybe any additional flexibility or leeway um, in terms of that implementation. Um, One of the things that's really on my radar right now is the upcoming guidance from the U.S. Treasury Department on a lot of the new tax credits that are in the Inflation Reduction Act. One of the big ones that we've reported on quite a bit is has to do with the electric vehicle tax credits. You know, comments are due November 4th. Uh, so we're going to be seeing, you know, what companies and whatnot are, are going to be ask, asking Treasury for in terms of, you know, any clarity or perhaps some flexibility that they're hoping for, although I'm not sure they're going to get. But um, yeah, and then, you know, with the infrastructure law, the federal government has approved all of the state plans for their electric vehicle charging stations and whatnot. So we're going to see that kind of rolling out more. I think that's, you know, more so maybe in the hands of the states right now in terms of implementing the plans that they had approved, but there's going to be additional funding too that the federal government will be uh, distributing. So we'll see. And of course, big elections on state levels as well, which, you know, you know, you could go on and on about what's happening uh, in, in each state, but also very important there. Um, what about some bipartisan priorities that could affect the automotive industry? Are there areas and policies that would affect the industry that uh, do have a chance of advancing, even if Republicans do flip one or both chambers? Well, I think, you know, even though both Republicans and Democrats have maybe approached electric vehicles or the conversation around electric vehicles and clean energy in different ways, there still could potentially be agreement or some compromise seen in terms of building a domestic uh, supply chain for um, EV batteries and, of course, critical minerals, because, you know, just talking with a lot of these policy experts, you know, the one thing that both parties can agree on is that the U.S. needs to reduce reliance on foreign nations such as China for, you know, EV batteries and critical minerals, especially. I'm not necessarily sure what that looks like in the next couple of years if we do see a congressional shakeup. But yeah, I think that's something that we'll definitely need to watch. I know um, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham who just got a big BMW investment in his state in electric vehicles. 
you know, has said that he would hold a congressional hearing on electric vehicles and, you know, the impact to the auto industry and, of course, the oil industry, um, as well as, you know, just getting more clarity on where are these batteries coming from, where are we getting the critical minerals that's used in the batteries, you know, things like that. So it's on the GOP radar for sure. What about some big races to watch? You break down a few of them in the uh, in your piece. Uh, what what should people be watching in terms of you know really focusing in on specific races? One of the races that I've been interested in is in Georgia with Senator Raphael Warnock, who's a Democrat. His state has landed multi billion dollar investments in EV factories from Hyundai and Rivian, of course. And then in September, he introduced a bill that would delay certain requirements in the Inflation Reduction Act's tax credit for new electric vehicles, so thereby giving automakers such as Hyundai more time to meet some of those stringent vehicle assembly and battery sourcing rules. I think the Inflation Reduction Act is very clear in what it lays out for those requirements and the timeline required to do so. So I'm not really sure, you know, where that goes, but I thought that was kind of an interesting development on that front. And then, of course, you know, we have longtime auto industry ally Debbie Dingle, a Michigan Democrat who's from Michigan. I think she's likely to be reelected there. Mm -hmm. There's also Dan Kildee, a Michigan Democrat, he in the past has stood with Michigan union workers on a strike against General Motors. That was back in 2019. And he also led a now failed proposal that would have boosted consumer tax credits to as much as 12500 for EVs assembled in a factory represented by a labor union with U.S. produced batteries. So kind of, I don't want to call it a more strict version of the EV tax credit that we're dealing with now, but a variation of that in terms of, you know, one way of trying to, you know, incentivize domestic EV manufacturing here in the U.S. So, yeah. And, and, you know, Dan Kildee has had a safe seat for a very long time. It's redistricting, the redistricting process in Michigan that's put him in a really competitive race, which is really interesting to watch here uh, as as a Michigander myself. Before I let you go, Audrey, uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you is about campaign finance and the spending from the auto industry in these races. Uh, as a proud political nerd myself and former political reporter, this is something that I, I just have to ask about. So what are the big takeaways for you in terms of the kind of money we're seeing uh, spent by the automotive industry between OEMs and uh, other related group suppliers and, and, and so forth? Uh, you know, what are we seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the campaign contributions are really interesting, as you mentioned, um, and they're also somewhat telling in a way. I mean, the auto industry and the federal government, they lean on each other so much for certain things. You know, there's obviously a lot of lobbying that goes on from the auto industry trade groups and whatnot here in D.C. In this uh, election season, so from 2021, as Recent as I believe October 23rd is when uh, is our most recent data that we have. But total contributions from the automotive industry were upwards of $27 million. So that's a lot of money, you know, to, to, you know, try to influence, you know, Capitol Hill and whatnot. The largest contributor was the National Automobile Dealers Association, you know, donating about almost $1.4 million to Republicans and about half a million to Democrats. The second most largest contributor was General Motors, 
Um, and then followed by that Toyota and then followed by Toyota was Ford. Um, and they're a little bit more even keeled. So donating about 50% to Democrats, 50% to Republicans. But yeah, it is, it's, it's really interesting, you know, to kind of see the financial breakdown of these donations. And also just in terms of maybe like some of these donations, like there's more being donated to Democrats, at least among the automakers that I had mentioned, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, how the, you know, this transition to electric vehicles influences those donations and whatnot, you know, just given that Democrats, um, you know, they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, and they've been a little bit more vocal on that front. So, of course, all the questions about what any of this means, we're going to have some answers, uh, you know, pretty soon, very, very soon with the elections this week. Uh, Audrey LaForest, thank you so much for joining us on Daily Drive. Thanks so much for having me. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. You can get the latest news on the midterms, Ford's EV requirements for dealers, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for Jamie's conversation with Constellation co-founder and CEO Diana Lee from last week's Web Summit in Lisbon, Portugal. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 